When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Rich Check Podcast, episode 39. We're in the thick of things now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, uh, my name is Perry. And I am Rashawn. And we make up two-thirds of Rich Check Podcast. Ben is not with us today, again. Uh, he was supposed to be here tonight, but his flight got delayed two hours. He's on his way back to New York City from Texas. Yes. Hanging out with a good friend of ours, Frank William, the tattoo artist. Shout out to Frank. Uh, ben is living a different kind of lifestyle these, day, these days. He flies just to get tatted. So definitely a, a man of luxury and leisure. Yeah. WCP is uh, treating us very good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that memo yet. <laughs> Word's not out over here. Yes. Uh, we've got two special guests this evening. We've got some friends of ours yes. uh, from Worn and Wound slash Wind Up Watch Shop slash Wind Up Watch Fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have Blake Malin. What's up? And Zach Weiss. How's it going? Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Glad yeah. to have you. And congrats on 39 episodes. I know. It's crazy. Thank you. It's crazy. Just just, just a, a tad more episodes than my age. Uh, <laughs> it's really putting things into perspective for me. Um, so before we get started with tonight, we've got to have our honorary wrist check. Yes. And such a tradition, the man who never repeats a watch is going to kick us off. And I recognize something on your wrist again. Yes. <laughs> so, I am repeating a watch, but there's always a method to my madness. What's the method this time? So, obviously, we have these two gentlemen here, and we know that um, they have a special event coming up with uh, Wind Up, and um, I decided to actually rock um, some pieces that are, like, friends of... Pieces? You yes. have more than one piece? Well, no, no, no. Well, I'm talking about at, like my my gear. So, oh, okay. You know, as far as as far as my the fit, get up, the get up, sure. So, you know, I'm rocking my Oris gear. Nice. Got my cap. Got my beer sweater. Um, it's but good. It's, it's good. It's a little contradictory because I'm actually wearing a studio underdog. Nice. Um, so, shout out to Richard. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't planned well, VJ. I apologize. <laughs> no, but <laughs> very contradictory. But you know, I, I love to show love to everyone. Of course. Um, being that I do own over 40, 50 watches, mm-hmm. um, so everybody gets some love from from me. Mm. Um, Richard um, and I have been speaking via DM. He's a one man army, studio underdog, does the marketing, design, etc. I think he's speaking up at. At Wind Up Watch Fair, is that correct? Yeah, he's gonna be on a panel. That's the, awesome. The British Invasion panel, yeah. The British, I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. So that's really where this kind of stems from. Cool. It's an homage to you know a really good friend of the pot. 
Who just released a new watch there too. I think for auction they did the pumpkin doll. Yes, to the yeah. bicompact. Yes, is pretty cool. So um, one of two, one was given to um, an eleven-year-old girl who actually inspired the timepiece. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, and then the other one is up for auction. Um, the proceeds will then go to um, you know children in need and hunger and etc so it's to kind of like and i mean you know kind of contribute to um child hunger so um what i love about richard and studio underdog and what they do is um you know very similar to oris and that's why it's a method to my madness you know everything that they um release or at least for those limited edition pieces they um have some kind of initiative behind it sure um, the piece that I'm wearing here, the eggplant, um, actually is to um, further research in testicular health. Oh, cool. So, that's dope. A little bit of a... Yeah, it makes a lot more sense now when you explain <laughs> it that compared to like when we first thought the dial actually wrinkled. Yes. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> well, that was... So, we, so I asked him, I asked Richard about that. Sure. And he was like, no, it was a joke, so don't worry about it if you felt like you were misled. We So, backstory, we were so amped when we heard this. It was like an April Fool's joke. And I was yeah. like, oh, the skin is the dial. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody... But even if you look the at some publications... <laughs> Everyone shared yeah. that it was made of eggplant skin. So the joke was on us. <laughs> That's the beauty awesome. of his brand, though. He has uh, he he injects his humor. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, did you, well, didn't Moser actually make a watch out of cheese? They have, I believe. Really? Yeah. Yeah, some sort of hardened cheese. Yeah. That's it was, in, it was encased in something or resin or something like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. anything's possible. There could, sure. there still could be yeah. the eggplant skin watch. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um. Zach, to my right, has got a, a really, really special piece. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, very, very special. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a shtick that we do. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of this timepiece. Uh, what, what do you have here on the wrist? So I'm wearing the Louis Arard X Alon Silverstein regulator that came out, I guess, last year. I don't mm -hmm. know. Time is twisting around. But um, yeah. I've been a longtime fan of Alan Silberstein. I'm trying to trying to pinpoint where I learned about or when I learned about mm. his work. And I think it was when I was a kid because I've been into watches since for a very long time. I used to go to watch with my dad. And I feel like oh, yeah? at Kenjo, which was once upon a time, 57th Street, I feel like I used to see Alan Silberstein's there. Mm. Anyway, it's like somebody I've been very aware of for a long time. And then Louis Vart started doing collaborations with him, but I missed out on a few of them. Just wasn't right place, right time. Then this one came up with the new case, this um, 40 millimeter titanium case. The case was, is fire. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's a crazy case and I love titanium. And uh, yeah, this one I just didn't want to miss out on. So day of bought it. Beautiful. And uh, I love it. It's a, it's a, it, I actually didn't expect to even like it as much as I do. It's yeah. a very comfortable watch on top of being really interesting, great conversation starter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like a, a special piece. Well, it's also it's just a lot of fun too, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I first, this is the first time I've actually seen this in person, which is why I got so excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'd only ever seen this on social media. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I've been dying to see one. Very few, there's 178 in this. Crazy. I was going to say, yeah. 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 It's a very like Zach Weiss watch. <laughs> like, okay, so you got to you gotta know Zach. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. it's just like, you know, you know, you know <laughs> artist in college, all that kind of stuff. We yeah. go way back or whatever, but also just you know, working with Zach and you guys know the limited editions we put out and some of them are kind of wild. Like some of the ideas that comes out with are even wilder than that. 
okay. you know, what actually ends up coming out. So like something kind of funky like this, it just fits, I feel like your your approach yeah. pretty well. The fire Suitably piece. weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake, what do you got for us? I am wearing uh, the Baltic by Compax Limited Edition we did uh, with the salmon dial. Nice. Uh, this came out just at the beginning of the pandemic in March right. of uh, 2020. And it's a special watch because, you know, we got to do it with Etienne at Baltic, who's kind of become a friend at this point. We've been working with them forever. And it's kind of it's one of those watches that kind of one of the limited editions that people kind of know about. Mm. And, you know, they're trading for about retail, all that kind of stuff. But I think they're really significant to us because we launched this like like a week or two after lockdown started. And we had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. Like we could have sold none. Yeah. And we sold through all of them in like 45 minutes. Wow. And it was kind of like, okay, we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it was, you know, it was just, it was, it was really gratifying to know that the community wanted to support us in that way. It was reassuring that we had a business that was going to hopefully make it through yeah. uh, once in a lifetime <laughs> pandemic. And um, mm. so, yeah, it's like super special in that way. Um, there's a three hand version that we also have, which my sister wears. So, um, yeah, this is just a special watch that like reminds me a lot of like a very special moment in the business. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's tight. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing I'm wearing a digital watch. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm wearing a Casio A1000. Yes. So <laughs> I'm laughing because I never I never pictured myself an influencer. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to do like a, you know, like a plug, but uh, I guess I kind of have to. So this is a watch that Rag and Bone collaborated with um, Casio for their 20th anniversary. And they contacted me and asked me if, if they could send me a watch. Wow. And like a true watch nerd, I've never turned down a watch. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Um, but I really, really actually like this piece. They did two colorways. I had a choice. I chose to go with like the black. Um, it's got like the Indiglo, which is really cool. And it, it kind of reminds me of that Bamford uh, G-Shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whole color scheme and stuff. And um, the Casio A1000's classic piece. What's cool about it is, um, for me at least, it's kind of like, there's something to feeling like like to being able to leave your house with without a watch, yeah. but with a watch on. Yeah. Feeling like you're not wearing a watch. Mm-hmm. And I just totally forget that this is on my yeah, wrist. Super light. Mm-hmm. And so but what's nice about it is when I when I do want to check the time, it's just like a nice reminder. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that little thing. I think it's nice. Yes. Super sleek, cool. Um, I'm actually really, really enjoying this because I've I've been um taking watch collecting m- maybe a little too serious lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like a nice reminder to just have fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, great gift thing. from Rag and Bone. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm actually wearing it. I'm enjoying it. It's nice. Yeah. It kind of gives like a little tie to, you know, where we all, where, where we started from as far as in fashion. Um, sure. You know, so in fashion and, you know, kind of like connecting, like me even speaking about just like what I'm wearing and like, what it means to me mm-hmm. to connect with my timepiece. Very similar to what we're all wearing on the couch is like something niche, different, something that we don't have to take seriously. It's a fun watch. It's a mm-hmm. witty watch. Well, it's The beauty, I think, is in using watches much like anything else to just express itself. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. So, 
Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. How'd you two meet? <laughs> you guys you guys are building like a conglomerate right now in the watch community yes um very much aware of the brand before we met didn't Mm -hmm. didn't know you were behind it Mm -hmm. um you're more camera facing yeah because i've seen you in the video unfortunately yeah (laughs) (laughs) somebody's got it yeah somebody's got it um but how did how did this how did this partnership come come to be um yeah, I can take a stab at yeah, it. Go. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've known each other for a while. So we went to Bard College together. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we lived down the hall. Um, Zach uh, Zach became fast friends with my roommate. Mm. They both like to drink a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and smoke cigarettes and watch movies. So, yeah, so we, I became Zach friends with Zach sort of through that. And we just kind of were close friends throughout college and then... Um, we kind of picked it up after college. He went to grad school in Chicago for a few years. Um, and yeah, and when we, um, when Zach came back from grad school, I had been working for a few years. He was just getting back and I kind of wanted to buy a watch for a few, I had a few hundred bucks to buy a watch. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Very quick deviation. Where, what were you guys studying? I was a studio arts major. Studio arts. Yeah, political science. Political science. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that in perspective because now you're running like a, Watch company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing. To, well, your job has a lot more to do with what you studied than mine. Yeah. I mean, in grad school, I went for industrial design. So oh, wow. Okay. That's okay. definitely. Yeah. But yeah. no business. <laughs> no, no, no. That is figuring out as yeah. we go. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, I wanted to get a watch and you were like the only watch person I knew. Um, so we started poking around looking for watches in the price range. And at the time, sort of the landscape of watch community was very different mm. than it is now. It's so much more robust than it is now. Um, uh, or it's right, much more robust right, now yeah. than it was. I mean, back in the There's day, nothing. you had really vibrant communities on like Watch You Seek and right. Time, um, Zone. Time Zone and yeah. things like that. But those could be kind of like very difficult to penetrate. They were very nerdy, very kind mm. of like watch nerdy. So um, and not a lot of folks were really taking the time to kind of tell stories about watches and present them, you know, with really beautiful photos and things like that. So, um, especially in sort of the more affordable price point. So we just kind of, I think out of boredom, I mean, again, not to like focus too much on drinking, but we were like (laughs) drinking drinking beer and playing video games in our spare time. And we're like, we should do something else. So we bought a few cheap watches and wrote about them on a little blog. Wow. And that's sort of more or less how it started. Yeah. I just had a really good response quickly, but we had literally no aspirations. So like any kind of feedback was incredibly exciting. Right. Um, so it was pretty easy to keep going because, you know, yeah. it, just a dopamine rush of people being like, thank you for writing about a yeah. Seiko 5 for a change, you know? Yeah. Um, it's so shoot. funny that, like, you could choose, like, a, a, a timepiece and it means something to you. But in the grand scheme of things, like, watch collecting, especially at that time, you're probably thinking, like, no one wants to read about this stuff. And then, yeah. like, someone yeah. is, like, <laughs> been waiting for it this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yes, yes. No, I mean, our first articles were about, like, the Braun watches and... I had a thing for EC Miyake watches oh. uh, and like the stuff from design school. Yes. And Seiko yeah. fives and Timexes. And I mean, yeah, I remember one time I bought three watches, I think like on Amazon, the total was probably like 150 bucks yeah. for three watches. You know, wow. like no. just the cheapest stuff we could, cause yeah, I mean, we weren't making money and yeah, it was just realistic that like, it's what we wanted to read about. So it's what we wrote about. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, in, in the, in some of the first stories that you two were publishing, um, 
sort of what perspective were you taking in the writing? Was it more from a design lane or were you guys yeah. already tuned into like movements and, and mm. make and, and materials? Like what, what, what was the, the direction sort of? I think it was, it was definitely design driven. Yeah. Just like thinking about aesthetics of it all, learning a little bit about, you know, the history of the watches, if there was one and kind of deciphering, you know, like it's a field watch, it's a pilot watch, like mm. putting that language in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was really, it's really aesthetic. Yeah, I think it's no. kind of, you know, at that price point, um, yeah, if you're looking at a Timex pilot watch or whatever, it wasn't like the most beautiful, the most incredibly made thing on earth, like mm-hmm. comparatively, but it looked really cool. Yeah. And nice. like it potentially looked really cooler than stuff, uh, a lot more money because yeah. they're like being playful. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I'd say the entry. I mean, the, do you remember the watch you got, which is actually ties into our event? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it was a Soviet. I bought a, yeah. so, a Quartz Soviet watch. A, a Quartz Soviet? A Quartz, like a Quartz Soviet. Quartz T-S-O-V-E-T. Okay, yeah. Um, so they, they're still around and they're doing really cool stuff and they're actually going to be a wind-up, which will have happened by the time oh, it's published. Oh, awesome. yeah, for but, the first time. Which is yeah, which is for the first time. It's kind of coming full circle. I got to talk to them when when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they get there. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think like another big thing for the site at the beginning was, and I don't know if you remember the Zach, but I feel like we both talked a lot about how, again, because Instagram wasn't a thing and yeah, like sort of the yeah. professionalized photos weren't a thing. Like everyone now is like this amazing photographer, right? <laughs> yeah. And back then that is not the case. Everyone. So it's like if you wanted to buy like that cool Timex or that cool Seiko online, like you were stuck with like Amazon photos yeah. or like grainy photos from a forum. Very true. So for us, we were like, we want to take the really nice photos from every angle. So yeah. you like felt like you were holding the watch. Yeah. Mm. So that was a big piece of it for us too, was wow. just like providing that experience for watches that you don't typically get detailed coverage. Although of. totally embarrassed by the photo. Yeah, yeah. We leave them up, of course. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it had bought myself like a digital SLR for documenting work in school. Okay. That was like a thing I invested in before I went to grad school, and so like, I just had the camera and like enough. I screwed around with it enough to be semi confident. That was my, you know. Yeah. Question. No, I was gonna say. um, I think you guys's origin story is very similar to ours, Mm. because when we started, I mean. You know, and we and and we say this all the time, like we work really hard for you guys. Most like we put out a lot of content that, you know, even right now, like speaking the future in the past. Mm -hmm. And some of those few episodes that we recorded, like we do like probably two, three, four consecutive episodes and they wouldn't come out weeks at a time. And. We look at it and I know for myself, I would cringe and be like, oh my God, no one's gonna watch this. Like, what the, like, yeah. I can't believe I said that. Like, yeah, yeah. and when episode one came out and things like that, of course, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, tweak the camera, the audio, the this, the that. And obviously, you know, them not knowing that, like we record so much that it's like, it's coming guys, it gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that, we still had such a positive outcome of people saying like this is what's needed in the industry mm-hmm. and it's very similar to you guys like wow this is very refreshing yeah. we need this thank you guys yeah yeah and i so think that. that's super motivating like mm. just that little bit of feedback you get early on oh for sure like it can be the world you mm-hmm. know especially because like as you guys know down the line when you start getting more feedback yeah it's the negative <laughs> stuff that's almost <laughs> up and that you get focused on so Definitely. like just remembering that in the early days like how positive it could be you know because at that point the people who are finding you were the real Oh yeah, nerds. I mean, yes. these are like yes. serious supporters. Yes, yes. definitely. Like, For sure. you're bringing something new to the table, and they're like, "Listen, I'm right here with you."
with you. I get it. Yeah. And it's the best way to also figure out what you're trying to do. Like we just made content. We didn't know what we were doing. So like just continuing to make content and figure out as you go, like that's what we did. And for sure. Yeah. So obviously you two meet in college. There's like an aha moment, right? Because like any time when you're around people, a crowd, a community, and you find someone that's like here with you, there we are. Mm. You get together, you link up, mm. right? But when was it that each of you knew that watches were your thing before mm. you met one another? How did that happen? Mm. Well, I don't think that ever happened for me. Really? Like in the sense that I don't think I going into it, watches were my thing. Like I think working on a project that I cared about with people I like was a thing mm. for me. Like Zach was the watch guy. And you so, always have been. Zach's always been yeah. the watch Could guy. Could you say maybe uh, in the process of building something, you fell in love with it? Yeah, like for me, okay. for sure. Like I like the thing I love about Warren and Wound is building something and working with cool people Got and it. doing new things. So, and I love watches, but like, and we could talk about this all day, but like, it's a very rare person mm. who can love watches eight hours a day, yeah. 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Zach's- I was gonna tell you, you're sitting right next yeah, to Yeah, no, it's just like, we, we, <laughs> we you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. So Zach yeah. has always been the watch guy, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I grew up with um, an interest in watches because my dad is a, I mean, a watch collector, certainly. You know, I think you probably think the way that people collect now is insane. Sure. You know, he had a very nice, but small and very selective collection of watches with some beautiful pieces, of course. But it's just something we bonded over. Like we weren't like a sports family or anything like that. We were into right. cars, but we grew up in New York City, didn't have any, didn't actually own a car. So we just walk around with yeah. nice cars, we go to the car show. Um, and then, yeah, it was, and then watches just was always a thing. Like I really don't have a memory of not wearing a watch. Oh, wow. Like I've had them since I was a little kid, like flax and things like that. Mm-hmm. I still have a box it's in the office now. I've been looking at it with some of our, some of our employees, like mm. some of the hilarious weird watches I got, you know, it was in like elementary school and stuff like that. Like yeah. like a Joe Boxer watch that yeah. was filled with liquid and numbers floating, like ridiculous <laughs> weird stuff. That's so but fun. I've always worn a watch. Um, and then, yeah, so I went to college for art and I remember there was, um, was right when I was a senior, this watch, uh, the Nuka Zoo. You remember that? Nuka? No, it's not around anymore. It was by this. Uh, it was a digital watch brand. We're gonna have to design pull that up. They, they were awesome. Yeah. I hope you can find it because the the brand is has, is no longer around. But it was um, founded by this New York based designer named Matthew Waldman, mm. and he made this this beautiful, like steel rectangle that okay. displayed time in like a different way. Like it didn't just have a number readout. It had like blocks for numbers and. It, you know, designed his own module to do this, which I mean, frankly, is still insane now knowing what it takes to make a digital watch. Like, yeah. Nobody's doing that really now. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of people, but uh, and I was just obsessed. Mm. And like that was, and then my parents got that for me for my, my graduation birthday, you know, present, which are graduation present slash my birthdays in the summer. So it was like, you know, inexpensive by the, the standards that yeah. we spend on money on watches now, but a few hundred bucks, definitely like the nicest yeah. watch. Mm. And that was just like that kind of sealed the deal that I just yeah. loved watches yeah uh went to grad school for design didn't really do anything with watches there but the second i got out of school i started messing around like the cad programs i knew how to use designing watches and um i applied for a job for at a company in brooklyn Mm -hmm. that that i did not get but i tried to get a job at a watch company i actually had some (laughs) viral success with a a design of a a watch that used like rotating digital displays before there was this word smartwatch existed. Wow. Mm. And so people were like, 
it's a watch with widgets on it. Like yeah. it got all the design <laughs> blogs and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've been obsessed. And then, you know, I needed a, a watch outlet. So yeah. around was it. I mean, maybe it'd been a few years later, we'd have just gone to Kickstarter or something to yeah. try to do a brand. But at the time that wasn't, yeah. wasn't so this viable. Is like so. Kismet almost, right? Because yeah. here you are, uh, a, you know, long time watch enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Uh, collector, I guess I could say even from back then, and you got the the bug, you got itch. You're like, I got to do something with this because it's always yeah. going to just nag at me. And you meet Blake the Builder. It's gonna. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I'll take. But it no, that. seriously, yeah. you meet someone who is passionate about creating things, mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. something, right? And then you guys come together and. Warner Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but shortly after we started Warner Wound, uh, we have a third business partner, James, Mm. who's not here, but like he really pushed the product side too, which is sort of like another evolution of the business. So like, you know, to your point about sort of like stars aligning, like for him to step in and be like, I want to make products. I want to sell things. That's awesome. Like he really pushed us, you know. I, I honestly think one of the biggest mistakes I made in the business was like Zach and James were like, we should start a store. We should start a store. And I was like, I don't know, guys. That's it. <laughs> and like, you sound like me. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> honestly, like we would have been way ahead of the curve if we just did it when James and Zach told, yeah. told us to. So, mm. but yeah, no, it was definitely like kind of afforded it. But yeah, no, it was definitely like stars aligning yeah. for all that stuff. So you guys get together, you start Warner Wow. Um, you know, like anything. I think it probably typically starts as a hobby mm-hmm. and then it turns into a project at what was the, the the point where you realized okay this is serious like we're gonna follow an llc we're gonna incorporate ourselves we're gonna start a business yeah i mean that came with you know like i said so we partnered with james and then these conversations kind of turned towards like we want to make straps we want to start a store mm-hmm. um we wanted to do american-made straps like you know there was i mean once again the Landscape was totally different back then. So you had a handful of online strap stores selling, you know, like Hershey's of the world, yeah. Hadley Romas, and just these big established brands that had always been there. And like the almost micro strap scene. I don't know if that's coined yeah, that's yet. That is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Strap scene. And like no one was using horween leather and stuff like that. So we were, you know, into fashion to some extent. Yeah. Boots and things. And like, or like no one's bringing that into Who watches. Who are your contemporaries at this time? Hodinky and okay. um, a so, blog to watch, but wow. they never got into the commerce. So yeah, um, so I was taking very long lunch breaks at work and going up to the fashion district and talking to manufacturers yeah. and, you know, I mean, just starting that process, which was painful. Yeah. I mean, I didn't speak their language really. And mm-hmm. some of them were not at all friendly. I mean, these are people like yeah. doing like runs of, you know, million dollar plus runs for giant brands were like yeah mm-hmm. we want to make like 50 watch straps <laughs> yeah. and they have to be really really exact like mm-hmm. that's funny um but yeah you know it's it, it was it was slow and painful at first but it started and um i also was just not enjoying my day job sure. anyway so like once there was like money coming in and a thing i was like i am ready to yeah, dive into this. zach know? was the first yeah, yeah he ran out of his day job as fast yeah. as <laughs> possible. Yeah. i do have to ask and this is this is off watches i'm gonna use my fashion eye I'm going to see if I still have it. Okay. <laughs> because we're talking about fashion now. I'm going to assume that you guys are wearing J. Crew. Some, some piece of J. Crew. 
I have J. Crew. What I'm wearing is not J. Crew. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the same. But definitely brands like aligned with J. Like in yeah. similar. You're not off base. I was gonna yeah. say like because I mean I can see the hand, the broken in chinos. Like even so, like I think what he's uh, is like it's kind of still has that. What I think he's referring to is um, it is it is an interesting note, right? Yes. Because I imagine that if we had to date this period, mm-hmm. this was probably 2014. Between 2012, 2014, somewhere around there. 100 percent Yes. And so what what he's referring to yeah. what was happening in fashion, J. Crew, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, this is a watch podcast. We're gonna deviate a little bit. But <laughs> there is a point here for for those who are listening and watching. Yes. Um Jake, what J. Crew did for menswear, yes, was they sort of reinvigorated a conversation in terms of design, mm-hmm. I feel like. And sensitivity to design uh from i don't i'm trying to figure out how to say i don't want to say necessarily from a male perspective but for lack of a better description i'm gonna have to use that right and so it was it became like not only acceptable but it was pushed it was like a thing it was like no like Men have an eye for design, and this is uh, especially a New York man. Yes, right, which is different from like a Chicago man, which is different from like a Los Angeles man. Like it was, it was a very specific um, and intentional perspective. Yes, mm-hmm. and at this time, this was when I also fell in love with watches again because J. Crew they were doing their like Timex collaborations mm-hmm. and stuff like that's that. That's how we met. That is how we met. That's why I asked because that's yeah. how me and Perry met. Like over 10 years ago yeah. so it just seemed like you know with from the from a, a male consumer perspective there was more attention now being paid to design and mm-hmm. i could see it at this particular time this was when you guys were also experiencing a lot of interest and even perhaps some growth yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i mean yeah, i think 100%. for us like we were not to speak for you, Zach, but like we were very into like I think like heritage yes, wear yeah. and like um, you know like you know we write we write that yes. yeah like, <laughs> you know like Wolverine yes. boots and you know like yeah. um Filson bags and and waxed canvas jackets yeah. and yeah. things like that like that was what we like we were really obsessed with it was a special yeah. time for men's wear yeah exactly yeah. yeah so like the first drops we made were very much in that vein I mean and we were talking to people who were making those kinds of products yeah. in New York. Um, so it was cool because we watch kinda, roll. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We started with Halloween too. Yeah. You guys have a connection with Chicago too. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we, we do a fair there. Yes. Yeah. And we've been using Horween from the very beginning. Yes. Um, Which the factory is in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it's in Chicago. And we've been there. And I actually went to grad school there. But yeah. But yeah, no, that was a big influence. And I think also for us kind of talking to watch brands and trying to like communicate our perspective. Mm. I think one of the things we were really trying to champion was like, they might not be your typical watch luxury watch consumer, but if you see a young man who's wearing a $400 pair of boots and a $600 barber jacket, he can afford your watch and he wants to look good. So you can try to sell him your watch. (laughs) And I think eventually brands have come around to that, but that definitely took some time. Yeah, That was not, people didn't get it necessarily. (laughs) No, they didn't. And I think, you know, having spent some time and speaking with you and being familiar with the brand, you guys came up at a very particular time too. Like when I think about watch collectors during that time, us excluded, 
Yes. Right? You think about guys who were traditionally very mono-branded. Mm-hmm. And I think during this time with what you guys were doing, especially having an eye for design, this is when the idea of being multi-branded really started to take to take mm-hmm. place. For sure. Which I think goes back to what you're saying about J. Crew, because J. Crew was, you know, they, they became who they became in menswear because of these multi-branded stores and inviting other brands into their spaces and sort mm-hmm. of curating mm-hmm. uh, a space. Yeah. And so I think that's very interesting to talk about like, yo, the guy that's wearing like a pair of Iron Rangers or mm-hmm. a pair of, you know, Chippewas, like it's not just a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a, a, a he, he specifically sought out that boot that yes. cost $400. And it's not just because of the price, but the assumed quality, mm-hmm. the story, the heritage and the design. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I see you guys sort of in that space having the same conversation at that yes. time. I do. I don't want to drag this, but I do want to give a shout out to Mark Cho because mm-hmm. I feel like he's a gentleman that kind of like figured it out and like tied mm-hmm. the whole thing together. And um, I went to the armory maybe about a few weeks ago um, where he's like auctioning off his watch mm-hmm. collection. And I mean, he's very meticulous. And, you know, the hand of tailors, um, the influence of fashion. I think he's very studious. And we talk about it all the time when you when you know, when we speak so highly of like Ralph Lauren and kind of like what he's championed and pioneered and kind of like influenced on others. Um, when he's auctioning off his time, his, his timepieces and his entire collection, you look at these things and you're like, like wow like you you know you have so many different ranges and taste levels that like it's it's almost like art it's like you mm-hmm. know just like throwing something against the wall and it sticks mm-hmm. you know it's 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 very impressive yeah well the, yeah. the 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 growth of platforms like yours yes and then when you consider your your contemporaries this to me is sort of like the the birth of like the multi-branded watch custom yes mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like acceptable. It's like you had you guys who were like, you know, at, at most you didn't know anything about watches. You knew Rolex. And you knew. Mm-hmm. All right. There were guys who just collected Rolex. Maybe yeah. you knew guys who just collect Patek. And that was kind of where it ended. Mm-hmm. And the conversations that you were developing at that time in the space was all these incredible brands, Seiko, Hamilton, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like, mm-hmm. look at what these brands that you've never heard of are doing. American brands, Swiss yeah. brands. Yes. Asian brands. Yes. You know. And I think also, like, there was definitely an element for us of, like, we couldn't afford those higher-end watches. Sure. And I think there was, like, a little bit of a chip on our shoulders about, like, yeah, but you don't know sin. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't know about being in the know. Yes, yeah. you have to be in the know. Yeah, and mm. I think, like, you know, I, I think we should give him credit. Like, uh, Ilya Riven, who's, like, yeah, an early 100%. employee at Warner Wound, mm. who was our first full-time employee and really was, like, almost, like, another partner. And he since has moved on. He's actually at Grand Seiko doing awesome stuff. But, oh, wow. Um, he Shout was, like, a Style Forum guy. Yeah. yeah. He was, like, he was like the watch nerd of style for us and I think really drove us to kind of, like, see the parallels. Like, he was into the brands that no one else had heard of. Like, he had right. the Aldens, but he also had the, like, custom boots you bought from a run on Style Forum because the guy was in Japan and he made, like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, a yes, 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 yes. And, like... Yeah, no, I think for us, it was very much like, you know, one, a function of what we could afford, but also sure. just, well, fuck you, sins are cool, too. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of where we I were. I remember very distinctly, we were, uh, so we, we were early, like, 
Red Bar members. I, I guess Red Bar went back even further, but we used to go and there'd be like four people there. You just chill with Adam at the bar, basically. Oh, I love and, Adam. Uh, yeah, it was, shout out to Adam. Yeah, shout out to shout Adam. Out to Adam. Adam. That was a huge part of our growth early on, too, just an in-person community yeah. to hang out with. Um, and at some point, somebody just said to us, like, there isn't a good watch under 5K. And we're like, that's the line in the sand. Yeah. So, yes. like, 5K is going to be, for a time being, like, I'll we're going to prove that wrong yeah. every day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe stubbornly. <laughs> even the watches on our wrist, like yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, these are not high price points. You're yeah. talking about. Well, like, no, you no. Know, well, this, this, well this, I mean, under five k though. Yeah, I mean, like, but this is like five hundred bucks, and yeah. like you can't get this. This is like one of fifty. Yeah, you know, people actually love this piece, and like you don't see it on the secondary market. Like yeah. and people are actually loving, and appreciating, they're keeping it. The fact yeah. that like you know, you guys like. You look at like what Baltic is doing, like mm-hmm. their, their watches Baltic, are trading. Baltic is a really great brand. Yes, yeah. amazing. Yeah, really like and like their watches are like trading yeah. way over. Yeah. You know, they're you take Caruno right. and, and so many other brands, like, you know, they kind of start out at that sub, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then just like exponentially shoot the roof because people actually do love and appreciate them and they can't get their hands on them and they will pay anything for them. For sure. sure. Yeah. So. You start warning well. Zach convinces you to open a store. <laughs> Obviously, of. you're having <laughs> a great time because now yeah. you get to put whatever you want in your store. But at some point, I know and I can recognize that someone who's into design probably wants to make their own watch. Mm-hmm. When did the collaboration start coming to play? How did, how did that happen? Yeah, so God, I wish I could remember the exact year better, but I do remember obviously the watch. Um, what was so the watch? It's an Aviate. Say that one more time. Aviate. Aviate. Aviate is okay. uh, oh Aviate, yes, yeah. very familiar with Aviate, yes. So the the um, Aviate's part of a larger group of brands called Dartmouth Group, and mm. uh, the guy who is at hey, the top of that, or you know, he's part of the family. I think that owns that. Vishal just was always like he loved what Warner Round was, and he just really wanted to be involved and, you know, went the extra step of, you know, engaging us in that yeah. way and making an offer to like, guys, you design it and I'll make it. Awesome. And um, it's like, of course, we'll do that. Mm. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and, um, wow. You know, and like, you know, it was it just played around. Basically, made a watch that had like a bunch of military watch references sure. all at once. Yes. Thrown into one thing. And yeah. it was fun. And yeah, we did 50 or 100 of the first one. It was a small yeah. run. And, yeah, um, and I remember them selling and being really astounded. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that was a huge deal. Yeah, because it's sure. like when you're used to selling straps for at the time fifty, sixty bucks, and you start seeing that like two hundred dollar watch money come in. <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, yeah. We really did something That's right, good. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can say definitively, the person who wanted to design their own watch was Zach. Yeah, of course, uh, That's it was it, that was a Zach um, thing. Yeah, and yeah, it kind of yeah, it went from there. We did another round with Aviates, and um, God, I. Oh, and then we started talking to uh, uh, York Shower from Stova. Okay. Um, who's who has since moved on, I believe. But um, yeah, you know, company. Stova is like mm. one of those brands. Like, yeah. you know, once you learn about Stova, you're like the the value is here. The right. started, like yes, these yes. incredible watches. Um, and York was just really receptive to it. And so the first we did, I ended up doing three limited editions with uh, Stova. And I remember just being the first one was like. This is a dream come true. Yeah. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. There's a warning my own stove. Yeah. What does that feel um, like now? You know, you've, you guys met in college and like you started this thing. Cause I, I imagine there's always like these moments 
that you have, like even because we have them and it's just like, yes. what is going on? And so yeah, now mm-hmm. you're talking with watch brands and you're designing watches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason why that's so significant is you realize, OK, wow, someone really cares about my opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. Um, I remember being yeah. in Basel World. We were because we were working with Jorg over emails about the watch, but you know, we used being at Basel to kind of like really push the conversation and look at samples. And like, I think there was a moment of like Jorg having a sample in Basel World looking at the watch together. Because mm-hmm. the other thing is like, I, you know, I don't know how like familiar you guys with Ustova or or with York, but he's like for the real watch nerds at that time, like he was an icon. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like he used to come to wind up again, he sold Stova since then, but like he would come to wind up and the doors would open and people would run to his booth. Yeah. Like he's just like this really significant, like small independent watch brand figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and like to be able to talk to him and like look at a watch that we were designing together was yeah. like, we're not like worthy of being at this yeah. table with yeah. you. Like, why are you doing this with us? And yeah. he was excited, like genuinely excited. Yeah. And then you launch it and it sells really well and he wants to do another. Like, of course, it's just awesome. like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's I think those moments are like, it's like, you know, I can't believe we're actually doing this. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to move to staying on topic, but you got a watch on your wrist mm-hmm. that was a Warner Wild lab. Can we take a look at this? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You want me to take it off my wrist? Please. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The so tell us how fits. did how did this come about? What happened? Yeah. Because so, Baltic is a brand that mm-hmm. has been on the rise for the last few years, and um, I guess I won't say it's a household name, but amongst watch enthusiasts, it is. Like mm-hmm. you, if you know, you definitely know now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think the story, the the, pro, the story with with Baltic and how we kind of first started writing about them and everything. I, I mentioned one of our writers, I think saw them on Instagram sort of before they launched. We were all like, they are kind of doing that vintage thing right. You know, right, at the yes. time vintage watches were, I mean, it, it was the trend that was happening, but like when somebody did it better than someone else yeah. kind of a thing, you, you took note and they got the sizing a little bit better and the details like, you know, so we reached out to Etienne, got the samples and then very early on, like he's on one of the very first episodes of the Warner podcast, like mm-hmm. probably within the first five that we interviewed him. Okay. He was at our first wind up watch fair. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, you know, hit it off with him as a brand and just and just loved and really respect the watches. So, yeah, I don't remember, honestly, if we approached him for the early or if he were, you know, or just came up organically as these things kind of yeah. do. But, you know, the idea of the collaboration just, you know, organically happened and I think we were the first to do an LED collaboration yeah. with him. But, Thanks. you know, working with different brands, like everyone has different methods. Some brands get a lot of freedom. Some yeah. I don't. With yeah. them, it was really like, what do you want to do? Like, we'll do it. That's Which awesome. is fine. So I just like, well, like in the sense that like, I didn't get to design anything, but like gave him oh. a suggestion. Mm-hmm. But that's oh, fine too, yeah, because, you know, we want them to be happy. Sure. And we'll facilitate. So I was like, I just want a salmon dial Baltic. At the time, oh, awesome. salmon dials were not as common i started seeing them pop up on yeah. the higher end i was like i just have an inkling that people are gonna go nuts for that yes i kind of uh, i kind of dig know. that 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 uh that design process though because mm-hmm. um you know again not a household name but if you know you know and baltic has a very specific design line yep mm-hmm. and so what that says to me is that they kind of guard it mm-hmm. And I kind of respect that. So it's like, listen, we're we're we'll collaborate with you, Mm -hmm. but we're not gonna. Yeah, open open the floodgates. Like 
this is going to be very controlled. And yeah, I, I have yeah. to kind of respect that for a micro brand that's as young as they are yeah. to really understand and know who they are and say, like, we are definitely open to collaboration, but we will not for anyone sacrifice our DNA yeah. and totally. who we are. And I respect that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 100%. And we were when we saw the sketches, because that was their first sector mm. in the change design. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like they. Yeah. They did a lot more than I thought they would. They didn't just make it salmon. Like they designed something new. They really, you know, and there were like options. Like, do you want yeah. A or C, B or C? And like, yeah. You know, so there was some level there of decision making. But yeah. it was yeah. a great. It was honestly a great process. Yeah. I took a lot of the load off my back too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then we brands like uh, Zodiac. I think I'm wearing their hat right now. Yeah, like, yeah. And they like let me do whatever the hell I want. Sure, and it's great. Yeah. You know, and then they'll be like, "That's not possible." Yeah. <laughs> then we'll go back to the drawing board. So yeah. I was gonna ask how how wild do you go with design like you know you kind of present like hey this is my vision and like i kind of want to bring something different to you know the market because we want to separate ourselves from the rest like you know like you said there's some brands that will give you you know full reign and there's others that just like kind of monetize your creativity how wild do you kind of like start like do you just go for the gusto from the beginning these days I do <laughs> pretty much pretty much every, so yeah. every time you create like a design brief Zach creates a design brief and he kind of walks me and James through it that's the process like Zach's the designer we don't design things like Zach does it there's always at least one version that makes us both very uncomfortable like in terms of like I don't know if you suggest yeah. that to the brand that's good like they, they're yeah. not going to want to do it or like if they say yes do we really want to do it <laughs> yes. so like it there's gets usually wild. something that like I have to be like okay now hold on like, yeah. I definitely, it's not getting made, but I'm not going to refer to the brand either, but I definitely designed a watch that involved taking off and putting back on another direction if you want to use it slightly differently. Okay. And I remember explaining that to James and Blake on the phone and they were both being like very quiet. (laughs) But I mean like, you know, we're working on a limited edition now that's going to come out next year Mm -hmm. that like, as far as I know, is doing things that I haven't seen another watch do and like mm-hmm. the swiss folks are like not happy with us really like, oh, wow. they, they don't like like i mean yeah, yeah like they don't like getting pushed sometimes into doing certain things i can like, see that the yeah. Yeah. but it's all fun but sure. it's just like yeah. manufacturing really crazy things is hard yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I mean? it's funny that you say that because you know obviously you know we're in a space where you know we talked about it off camera just like things are a little bit like political and not to you know kind of ruffle any feathers but like when you get to the point where you're like, I don't know if these guys are going to like this. Like, do you, are you guys, you know, cause we kind of move as like unapologetically, like mm-hmm. what we give to the community is very unapologetic. It is our truth. And, um, we hope that everybody loves and accepts what we do. Um, is that more because you guys are in a space now where, you know, you aren't a startup anymore. You're a household name, you know, do you do you find yourself having to kind of conform to the politics or do you kind of stand up a step outside of the mm-hmm. box like what's that like I mean there's always going to be like relationship management and sure. politicking in that sense but I would say with the limited editions like our approach has kind of become like if when you release it everyone loves it you did the wrong thing like <laughs> our most successful project was the Zodiac uh 
the Zodiac we did, the Super Sea Wolf we yeah. did with the speckled bezel and the grid dial. Yeah, I remember like, that one. That was mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Like that was when we released that. Like we were like, some people are gonna love this, some people are gonna hate oh, it. Oh no, that's people what hated that wash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. no, they did. I, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was great. It, yeah. it just it reminded me of the '80s. It was just like super duper retro. Yeah. Everything about it, I thought was great. And Zodiac to me is such a cool brand to do that with because of the heritage and mm-hmm. the history. Yeah. And it's just like to take them. It, it working with the Zodiac, I imagine, feels like almost working with like, in some ways, like working with a Rolex, right? Mm-hmm. Only because I say like they're they're what they've accomplished and what they've achieved in history of watchmaking is like solidified, mm-hmm. right? Like first commercially offered dive watch. Just like they put their flag down, and for a brand that has that kind of of history, you know, that claim. To allow you to like, let's just mm-hmm. go. Yeah, feels really nice because traditionally most brands in that space would be like, we do what we do, and that's what we do, yeah. and that's it. And they're totally not like that. Yeah, mm, they're totally. They're appreciably not conservative. Like yeah, the, the team uh, on the U.S. side, at least that we deal with regularly, like uh, T.J. and Ryan, and uh, now Mike Pearson as well, who's been around for a while. Like these are, they want to make a brand that stands out, mm-hmm. but pays respect to the heritage, but also shows that they're not stuck in it, yeah, you know, that exactly. they're willing to do new things. And, you know, I think that's something that we can, we sometimes provide or through Ellie's, like give them a little moment to be like, look, we can, we can, we can push a little bit further, even if mm-hmm. this is maybe not something we'd ever make 10,000 of or sure. something like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. give them that moment and that's, that's, that's good for them. But yeah, I mean, like they're, they're, they're yeah. not too guarded, which is no, really great, I think they really know? like some brand because they have every reason to be guarded. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they actually sure. have that historically and yeah. they're, that's just not the way that they do things, and I really admire and them. That's a that. lesson I think a lot of a lot of brands could take. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, yeah. But that's why I said what yeah. I, I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess I <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The name yeah. that shall remain nameless yeah. from now on. Yes. Um, so what I love about this watch, in addition um, to the design, is that I love that you have it on the Comfit bracelet. Yeah. Because that's one of my favorite bracelets. Yeah. No, I'm like uh, super bracelet guy Same. like i have most of my watches on bracelets yep. at any given time and we started carrying uh forstner yeah. maybe a year ago wow. and yes. so like we one of the perks of like carrying the stuff <laughs> is you have access to sure. whatever you want all yeah. the time it's in the warehouse which is right next door so like yeah i have like tons of these i have a ton of their bracelets on all my it's watches. nice because i wear i wear mines on my speedy yeah because i just i'm i'm one of those i feel like i have to everything has like period specific yeah yeah um but it's good. It's cool to see it on that watch because now I realize, man, you know, this bracelet actually has a little. It's it's, it's more nimble than I thought it was. Like you can you can put it with like other pieces because it looks really good. Thanks. Yeah. From no. Far away, I didn't. I, I just thought it was like a Milanese bracelet. I didn't yeah. realize it was a comfort bracelet. Yeah, yeah. No, the quality of their stuff is really great, and it I just really think is. that it like like the watch like it straddles the line between kind of sporty but yep. then also really elegant and wearable mm-hmm. so yeah it kind of like it fits the personality of this watch really well I think. for sure we were just yeah. shooting some new i guess new versions of the i honestly don't even know what the difference was but i was like well watch i put this on and because it's got the retractable mm-hmm. lug um mm-hmm. i had my grand seiko spga 375 sitting there with a 19 millimeter lug i was like i'll put it on there and like it worked yeah. really well that was such a cool look on the like the really you know, faceted Zeratsu case. Yeah. No. Totally yeah. unexpected. Yeah. No. Like, I might have to make get another one. Yeah. Nice. And that was good. I, might, I have the one with the uh, the horned mm-hmm. sort of, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I love the like what do you call but it? That drop look. I was yeah. Gonna, yeah, like the, the straight flat drop it's nice. look. Like I love that. It's yeah. nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. So you go from worn and wound, wind up watch shop, and someone in the crew has this crazy idea to start a watch fair. What the hell um, happened, guys? Biggest biggest mistake of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> we um I'll just jump in. Yeah, we were doing, you know, we had made a, a habit of kind of going to like yeah. men's wear. I call them men's wear, but I know they had sort of like both men's, women's and like home goods and stuff but like pop-up sure. flea, like okay. kind of just sure. like more interesting, like fashion pop-up shops and things like that. Um, to that conversation before, like Michael Williams yeah. behind that big name and obviously that yeah. Yeah. heritage wear. And like we would go to those and we would just like choose to be there. And that's, those are the kind of events we wanted to go to. And then we would go to watch events and they were horrible, <laughs> generally speaking. Yes. Like just incredibly stuffy, felt very out of place. Like yeah. I have never felt comfortable in those rooms. Even mm. to this day, I feel very uncomfortable, generally speaking. So yeah. for us, like we were just going to all these watch events and then we would go to pop-up fleet and we were doing pop-up fleet too. Like we were going with the straps and we were in a cab ride home we were just like mm-hmm. we we had talked about it and then we were just like we have to do this yeah. like mm-hmm. we just have to do this for watches it's gonna work people are gonna have a good time it's the kind of event we want to go to yes so we just kind of like just told ourselves we had to do it more mm-hmm. or less um and then yeah we did the first one in 2015. where did it take place uh down on worcester street in what then was a previous Patagonia store, yeah. if you remember that. Oh wow! Yeah, like one hundred one yeah. or one something. One hundred one uh, for yeah, one hundred one Worcester. Yeah, uh, which is now. Like, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a nice storefront. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful inside. Yeah. yeah, and we had fourteen brands, I think. Wow. Um, you know, Oris was one of the first brands yeah. that ever did it. Shout out was to there. VJ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, VJ. Honestly, like shout out to VJ. VJ has been an early, early, early believer in always what we were is. doing. Yeah, yes. always He's is the guy. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. So yeah, so that that's how we sort of decided to do it. I think we honestly just hated watch events and we yeah. loved those events yeah. and we were like, yeah. this just makes sense. I love that. You hate watch events. You're like, you know what? We're gonna do our own. Yeah. Very similar <laughs> to to our meetup and our live show. Um because we, we speak about it and it's like, you know, you go to these watch events and like, you know, people and although like, you know, we are you know, figures in the watch community, you still kind of feel like the first day of school. Mm-hmm. You kind of hold the wall a bit. You wait to find somebody you know, or you kind of roll with your crew. And then like, you know, you mm-hmm. guys kind of stick together or, you know, you stick together and then you divide and conquer. Yeah. But it's still kind of like that thing. But um, very similar to like your fairs and our events, you can kind of go in this very, very open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different people, social classes, levels of collecting, um, levels of like knowledge. It's it's a safe space. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and I think it's something that's needed. Um, very similar to like when we had JJ on the show, like she spoke about, it, she said like this, these things have always e- existed, but it hasn't been prevalent and it hasn't been on the forefront. Yeah. Now you have people that are championing it mm-hmm. and saying like, this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Because remember, this is all monetary. We don't need this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have it, you love it and you enjoy it and you express that. Mm-hmm. Nothing past that. Yep. You know, if you come in, I'm better than you because I own this. I'm like out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and that, No, totally. And like that was like a big piece of like when we started Wind Up, like and it's still like this at the event. I mean, 
everyone is presented in a very even playing field. Mm -hmm. You can go in and you can go look at a brand that's selling watches for $5,000 that have been around for over 100 years and look at a brand that started six months ago. And if you don't know anything about watches, you're evaluating those two products on the merits of what you're looking at in front of you. Right. That yes. has always been a big piece of it mm -hmm. for us. And um, just part yeah. of it, we also kept it free and open to the public. Yeah. Which, you know. No, that's always been a big piece. And just like Dude. making people feel yeah. comfortable. Like we just don't want people to feel like you're coming into an event where you have to like, oh, can I touch that watch? Like, am I allowed to look at the watch? No, yeah. it's on the table. Come pick it up. Yes. And now, the person what, you're what talking to owns this? the company. You did the first one. 2015? 2015, yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. So it's been some time now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is our. COVID, yeah. I mean, we'd be. I mean, yeah. We'd be several. We <laughs> missed like three or four shows. Yeah, we uh, missed sorry. like three yeah. or four because yeah. of COVID. Wow. But yeah, okay. yeah, no, this is our eighth year. I guess it would be right. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So yes. in those early days, what was like the benchmark for success? I mean, sometimes you know you go out, you have this idea to do something, and you say we're just going to do it, right? Yeah. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume you're just like let's just do it. You're not thinking this might grow to to be a thing we'll do annually. Mm -mm. No. Um, so what fail. was the moment? <laughs> When you said, okay, success, we're going to do it again. Yeah. I kind of remember for yeah. the line. Like there mm -hmm. was a line to, at, the, at yeah. the opening of the event. It's always a yep. line. You know, yes. yeah. that was yes. a huge deal. Yeah. We had no idea that was yeah. going to happen. And like, I just remember that weekend sort of somewhere between the middle of the second day when like we just had a lot of traffic day one, a lot of traffic day two. And it was just like, you couldn't be stressed out about it being a failure anymore. You're yeah. like, this is just a success now. Yes. And like, honestly, like we are very bad about celebrating our success. <laughs> like we're incredibly negative, like pessimistic people. Oh my god! So like when you're confronted with just acknowledging your success, like yeah. that is a very unique feeling. Like, yeah, I think is. especially mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. yeah. So like that was huge. Yeah. Wow. That was huge. Yeah. yeah. yeah Celebrate with karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> they're very drunk and very awkward. Yeah, I was about to say, I know there was some spirits involved. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Those yeah. early shows were also just so brutally exhausting. Like, mm. I mean, yeah. the tear down. There was one yeah. where we we were there for hours peeling stickers off a window because yeah. the window guys never came. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You yeah. had to turn it over in New York City. Minute. You know the vibes. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Long events. Well, yeah. I, I remember like because we did that first show down in the storefront, and then we moved over to Chelsea Market, which like. Being it having an event in Chelsea Market felt like we did it. Like yeah, this is sure. as big as it's ever gonna get. And yeah. then it's like now we're moving out of it and like this year's wind up is in a space that's like twice the size of Chelsea Market. And but, it's like But not only that, like you guys recently did Chicago. So like yeah. now you're you're yeah. you're moving from state to state. Yeah, um, no, I mean what's that been like? Crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> just to do three in a year. Yeah. I mean wow. this we'll do three this year, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, and like you know, I say this all the time about like what the difference is. And like in New York, I think a lot of watch people, like a lot of stuff happens here. Mm. Like they go to your events, they go to whatever events are out there. Yeah. And like, so Very they're true. really happy to come to wind up. Yes. But when we first went to San Francisco and the same thing in Chicago, people were like, thank you for coming here. Like oh, nobody's wow. doing stuff out here. Yeah. Mm. So like, it was just, that's honestly the best part of it. It's mm -hmm. like, like people really look forward to it. And, that's like, awesome. Um, I remember even after the first year in San Francisco, we used to do it in a gallery space. We don't do it there anymore. But like after the first year, people were coming up to the gallery being like, when's the watch thing happening again? Mm. <laughs> Which was like crazy. There's just there's a real appetite out there. What's yes. the response been like from brands? I assume positive because you got some of the same people signing up. Like, yeah. I know that Oris played a big role in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, they're joining you guys in yep. New York. Mm -hmm. um, 
how are how are brands feeling from from every tier? Like, yeah. you know, Oris is to us at least uh, we view them as you know, like they're an incredible brand. And yeah, I know you guys are are, are hosting micro brands too. And yeah, upstarts. So what's what's that like? Yeah, I mean, for since the beginning, I think our focus has always been like. We never really, or not never, but when we started, we weren't really trying to do it to make it profitable. Mm. It was really just about creating like the right watch event. Yeah. So we've always really tried to just make sure brands and, and visitors have a good time. Yes. So honestly, like we've we've had very few brands walk away from the event not having a good time and awesome. not getting out of it what they want. I think um, in the watch world, I think it's kind of unique in that it's both a sales and a marketing event, which yeah. is sort of different for a lot of the bigger brands. So there are transactions happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can that's buy. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, it's yeah. a big sales event. So that's actually pretty unique because a lot of these other events that are much larger, um, there aren't transactions. No. No. Yeah, no. no, we've always wanted to make it a sales event. I mean, it's not obligatory. Some brands <coughs> don't, but for the most part, they do. Okay. And mm. like... They sell a lot of watches. I of mean, course, yeah. the number yes, of some yes, of these brands yes. do over the weekend is sure, crazy. Right. Yes, um, no brands are basing their release cycle around the event. You get like really? the most out of the launch yeah. of their watches. I mean, I don't even know how many are going to be like ten, yeah. twelve. At, at least a dozen yeah. watches many, are coming out. Uh, are you selling tickets? How how people just show up? They just show, show up. up. How are you? I'm assuming you're keeping track somehow. Yeah. How many people on average? Like, what are you seeing in terms of turnout? Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, you know, we do sort of like rudimentary door clicking. It's sure. kind of hard to track because it's yeah. a lot of people, but like, you know, the New York. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Um, yeah. I mean, we see, I mean, we have thousands of people a day. Yeah. I mean, awesome. like, it's kind of hard to keep to count specifically, but yeah, thousands of people a day. Yes. I think, like, yeah. And, and again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, as long as the event is full and you're getting the right kind of people who are like really interested in watches or they want to learn about watches the first time, like who are really engaging, like, you know, we get enough, you know what I mean? Like of people. Um, Chelsea Market kind of got to the point where it was uncomfortably packed at times. Yes. Uh, For us, like it just got too busy. So that's why we're really excited to be in this new space. It's It's a great problem to have. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's kind of wild. But yeah, brands have a good time. I mean, for really small independent brands who are maybe just starting, it's really exciting to see them come and get that in-person feedback for the first oh, I mean, time. That exposure yeah. is huge. Huge, yeah. huge. I mean, what, I mean, not all of them, but like we have brands say like this totally changed what I'm doing with my brand, Incredible. or reaffirmed what I was doing with my brand, or whatever yeah. the case yes. may be. There's also um, media too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, so there's some features in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, we. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great for brands because they also get a lot of exposure from the press. So obviously. When this episode airs, uh, Wind Up Watch Fair in New York will have passed. But um, speaking about what you what you've prepared for for this event, um, what do you anticipate happening? What makes this one in New York uh, that people are about to witness special? Um. Yeah, this no, is, I, I'm I'm a little like on the outside of wind up at this <laughs> yeah. point because we got Blake's always managed okay, this it. This is the time yeah. So yeah, yeah this is finally I'm getting my moment. Yeah, yeah, please, thank Single you. Light. You can zoom in on me, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean this is just wind up elevated. Yeah. So it's the same event, free and open to the public. You're gonna get sort of up close and personal with all different kinds of brands and the people behind the brands. Yeah. There's not gonna be kind of like partitions and things separating you from the products you wanna check out. Um, but you know, we have way more brands than we've ever had. Awesome. So this this will have 65 brands. The most we ever had was like 35. And what, and wow. what days is this running through? October 21st to the 23rd. To the 23rd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we have more lead sponsors than we've ever had, which just kind of means brands with like an elevated presence. Yeah. We're going to have panels, um, which your colleague is on. One yeah. Of so just for those of you watching and listening, um, there's a panel taking place at Wind Up Watch Fair. Yep. Um, and Ben, yes, uh, our co-host, who's not here this evening because he's on his way back from Texas after getting a tattoo, uh, will be on a panel with Kathleen, who's mm-hmm. a dear friend of ours uh, yes. from Red Bar. Yep. I was poking the bear. I think Lee is on this panel too. Lee is on the panel, I believe. On this one too, right? Lee from, from Brodinky. Brodinky. Yes, Brodinky. Yeah, so yeah, he's so a yeah. friend of the pod yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. this is going to be this is going to be fun. This is no, be it'll, it's yeah. going to kick it off. Person, yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be the right yeah. panel to kick off the event for awesome. sure. Yeah, yeah it'll be exciting. a great time. But yeah, I think it's going to be a blast, and this is a big year for us, and it'll be what it's going to be, and we'll figure out what comes from it that's always kind of how we approached it yes absolutely it's our most like full featured yeah concurrent panels with events it feels like yeah yeah, it's it's yeah i mean it's we're using utilizing this in chelsea market we just did not have the space to do this but this is always kind of what we wanted to get it to so it's very exciting yeah and in all all honesty like we're trying to make a little bit of noise with this event and kind of flex a little bit you know, our relationships, the number of brands we work with, what we're capable of pulling off, right. yeah. what the staff yeah. that we've brought on are capable yeah. of pulling off. You know, awesome. just, just that this yeah. is the biggest show in the U.S. You know, yeah, no, no, no big deal. When we had spoke before and you guys were talking about Chicago, I felt that, you know, you guys were like, we're here and we're like going to leave a, you know, a footprint. And now coming into, you know, wind up in new york city it's like oh yeah the big dogs are here yeah like mm-hmm. we like like okay we well, did it, feel, it we feels do momentous it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very momentous it really yes. does that's great yeah, yeah, On multiple levels. Big, but this is like yeah. yeah no i that's and it's like you know you talk about like moments and like it's the idea that we're sitting here talking about this event that zach yeah. and i talked about in a cab <laughs> i know it's crazy right now that yes like that's yeah. nuts yes. you know what sure. i mean yes. like that's crazy yes. so yeah. that's incredibly gratifying and i appreciate you guys saying that of course yeah. for sure yeah. that's the truth man yeah. Yeah. yeah um well i'm excited uh for one um i can't wait uh to attend i'll be there Good. uh and just witness wind up in all its glory are you guys ready to get hounded by people by fans is that a yeah. thing yeah. of course yeah. oh man yes. it's, it's so funny when someone's happen. like you're Rashawn," or like or someone to hear me speak because we do have a lot of people that listen yeah uh-huh. so there was a there was a gentleman who um reached out to us recently he, he listens to the pod so he'll hear this and um but kenneth if you're listening <laughs> Um, who who reached out and uh, you know he 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 listens to the show with his children mm. and um, you know but to even to hear that like he reached out to us on Instagram and said that and it was it was very touching because I never imagined that this would be the kind of platform that mm-hmm. a gentleman might listen to with his kids yes and to think about where you guys are and to look at you know us as sort of like continuing that that path and that legacy and some of the groundwork that you guys have laid down mm-hmm. for, for people pursuing this, mm-hmm. um, it feels good. That yeah. is incredibly rewarding that someone would actually take the time out to not only listen and pay attention to you, but to acknowledge you in public. And yeah. so am I ready for it? I'm going to have to be ready for it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <from> <laughs> your mouth, to, you know? Yes. But um, I'm definitely game. And I know that this is going to be an incredible event. And yeah. it's going to be super successful. 
and um, just happy to be in attendance. Yeah. What's next uh, for Worn and Wound and, and, and Wind Up? What do you guys got planned for the future? What can we look forward to? Um, a whole lot. Um, <laughs> well, by the end of the year, we're going to have three more limited technically four more limited edition watches launching by the end of the year wow uh, incredible one probably right around the time this project this <laughs> okay. podcast launches yeah. Mm. Uh, some will be very 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 affordable some will be the most expensive limited mm-hmm. edition we've ever sold uh very different styles across the board mm. yeah. um some really fun stuff and that's as far as we're thinking right now yeah but yeah, we just want to keep making wind up bigger and we want to keep doing yeah. cool stuff with the shop. And we just launched our adapt watches, yeah. which is like a big step kind of in expanding that brand. So, you know, like the way we've kind of got worn and wound and wind up as a brand, we kind of want adapt to be a brand on its own. So awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just got, you know, we're just going to keep pushing on those fronts, yeah. you know, love this. It's like a yeah. really intense growth year for us. So yeah. like, hopefully next year we can like coast a bit and utilize yeah. everything that we, yeah. it was really i mean it's insane like from from when he was talking about from launching that baltic um which was shipped by the two of us and our girlfriends in the midst of chaos yeah to like now 15 people yeah checking full steam like awesome it's been, yeah, it's it's been very intense couple of yeah. years so and i also just want to say like it's very nice of you to say about like kind of how you guys are continuing what we're working on but but from like the outsider's perspective what you guys are doing like it, you're definitely like doing this project where from the outside it's like oh you're much better at this than we ever were <laughs> like, oh, like like in the sense that like polished. you know i like i'm incredibly proud of the team that we have and i don't mean like your podcast better than ours or whatever yes. but like just like you the approach you guys are taking to this and the thoughtfulness behind what you're doing thank you like you're light years ahead of where we were when we started but that's how it is you know someone sort of trailblazes yeah right and then you you create the lane and then people follow suit you know mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere there was you know the the first guy over the hill mm-hmm. it's not y'all because mm-hmm. that guy gets shot so yeah. whoever <laughs> was before like ben climber yeah r.i.p yeah but <laughs> you know um in terms of of what you guys have contributed to uh watch media watch collecting you know there is no this without a worn and wound. Mm, yes. You know that that's Thank you. that it we acknowledge that that's a fact. Same thing for Odinky. You know, we're mm-hmm. fans of timepieces. We're fans of people who appreciate and love these objects as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, hats off to what you three have done. Your partner is not here and ours isn't here either. Um mm. for contributing to that. And, oh, for, and for laying it down, man. appreciate it's, it. Because uh, I, I can, you know, to, to hearing the story and understanding where you guys have come from, where you are, I've, we know it's not easy. You know, yes. When we get this, these bite-sized stories, it sounds amazing and it sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. But you know, us going through it, having gone through it, like we know, like there are those times when you're like, man, what the hell am I doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How am I going to pay this this month? How am I going to do that? How <coughs> we, we got to figure this out. But you collectively come together as a team and you figure it out and you continue to push. And yes. that's where the inspiration is, mm-hmm. you know, for like us to do what we're doing. So props. Yes. Thank you appreciate very it. much. We yes. appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's very kind. Yes. Uh, so this has been a real treat. We got to cut it. Likewise. Um, 
but we'll take this party elsewhere. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) In true WCP fashion. Yes, sir. Uh, For those of you out there in TV land and radio land, uh, you know where to find us. Uh, YouTube, Risk Check Podcast. Spotify, Risk Check Podcast. You can watch us and listen to us. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, where you can listen to us. Overcast, Pocket Cast, every other kind of cast you can think of. <laughs> TikTok for the kids. <laughs> TikTok for the children. Instagram at Risk Check Pod. And we're now on Patreon. Yes. Where we'll be releasing yes. exclusive content. Uh, right now, my episode is up there because you got to pay for that. Yes. Uh, but there'll be some more treats coming your way. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your love and support. Again, if you have any opinions, positive or negative, reach out to us. Uh, we do reply back. We don't shy away from the feedback. We want to engage you. Yes. We want to get to know you. We want your perspective. Um, but until then, deuces. Peace.